Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. From the station bringing you every Broncos game. Touchdown, Denver! This is Broncos Country Tonight. Presented by Betfred Sports. Never miss a bet with Betfred Sports on KOA. Broncos country tonight, Ryan Edwards, Benjamin Albright off tonight. He'll be back tomorrow night. I'm joined in studio by Nick Ferguson, former Broncos DB. We're breaking down the Bradley Chubb trade throughout the course of the evening. We'll come back to that here in just a matter of moments because right now we're going to head out to the KOA Centura Help Hotline and talk about the Broncos win over the Jacksonville Jaguars, specifically what the offense did with our good friend Tim Jenkins at T Jenkins Elite on Twitter. Make sure you... Subscribe, comment, like his videos on all things QB. Make sure you do that for the algorithm. He appreciates that. We're going to get T-shirts made, all those kinds of things. Uh, Tim, my man, great to have you back on the show. How are you? I'm pumped up. How are you guys doing? We're doing great, man. I mean, it's a wild day here in Denver as we're talking about one of the cornerstone guys getting traded, and we'll talk about that uh, a little bit later on. And I also do want to get your thoughts on Chase Edmonds and how the Broncos might be able to best utilize him as he came back in the trade. But let's start with the Broncos versus Jacksonville. You asked the question, was this the best game of Russell Wilson's career here with the Denver Broncos? Uh, What did you learn while watching the film? I think it is from an internal grading perspective, right? I think when you look at it from like a statistical standpoint, I think the Raiders game maybe, but this in terms of how many bad clips they had, I do think is, is probably the better game outside of the rough start, right? Where Cortland Sutton can't cross face on a one-on-one corner and we almost throw a pick and then we, you know, lay one up on a 50, 50 ball and a cover two hole shot that we never should have thrown. It wasn't, it wasn't terrible, right? I do think um, we're not, we're not at the level that we all expect Russ to be yet. So I do think there's still a lot that you watch the tape and you're left kind of going, come on, man, we got to, you know, hit some of these read routes or some of these things that are open. Um, It was his best game. And I do think you kind of probably could get a little collective sigh of relief. The fact that they were able to drive down score and win the game, because that's why you brought him in, right. Was to be able to go, you know, in the fourth quarter, drive down the field and make it happen. So I don't. I, I do think it was his best game. Do I think it's anywhere near what all of our expectations were? I don't think we're, you know, we're in that kind of, you know, stratosphere yet. Well, Tim, I have to say this because usually when I watch videos and people post on social media, usually I don't see individuals calling things the way that they see it, but I'm glad that you called the way that you saw it on that slant round because Ryan and and I, before you came on, we were talking about that very play. So with that being said, when you look at this offense and you look at the weapons that they have, the emergence of Greg Dulcich, what kind of route combinations do you think that should run to accentuate those guys' skill set? Yeah, I think that's a great question, Nick. And I think Greg was, I think Greg really showed up and, and this isn't a shot at Greg, but I think he showed up a ton because, they were using KJ Hamler to take the roof off, right? If you think about it, that little wheel route that they hit Greg on, right? KJ Hamler's taking a corner and a safety with him. Like, Nick, you know, if you've got a burner out there, 
you're not thinking about the tight end, right, who's lined up in a yo split where he's one by one off the ball, right? That's the last guy you're thinking about. You're right. like, dude, I'm not trying to let this guy run by me and, and score on a post, right? So KJ takes the roof off, and then they sneak Greg out. I think Greg, to me, what's most exciting is when you watch these young tight ends, to me what I usually see with those guys is like you see a stick route, right? But hey, across the board in the NFL, we want that thing at six yards. And you'll see these young tight ends, they get to four because they feel like, okay, I'm slow out of my break, and they want to be there fast. He's getting to six. He's getting to his depth on everything. So to me, I think he's going to be a weapon down the stretch. What I, what I really want to see is I really want to see usage kind of change around. We've been using Cortland as the guy who's going to take the roof off. To me, Cortland is that big, like, dagger runner. He's that guy who can body stuff up, up over the middle now. I think KJ's the guy who can take the roof off. I think you use Cortland and kind of, you know, more of those in-breaking routes. And I think you use Jerry Judy as the guy who you're going to give an option to and move him around to try to feature him. I think if they start to do a little bit more of that, I think it's going to really help these guys. My, my worry is, is that I feel like sometimes when you look at some of these plays, we've had kind of the wrong personnel running certain routes to where that's what's really covering these guys up. And I do think it's, you know, makes it a little bit harder on Russ while he's adapting to a new system. Then he's also trying to kind of make up for, you know, maybe not having the best guy on like a deep over route. I don't know if you heard it during the broadcast, but Dan Orlovsky, they were talking about how the offense is now more like a high school offense, that they simplified things. And Nick Ferguson's rolling his eyes here in studio, which is great. But they simplified. I'd love to know <laughs> what that meant to you because I, I – the, the, a lot of people have taken that and said, oh, well, Russell Wilson can't run Nathaniel Hackett's offense. I, it's not that. But I want to know from your perspective what all that means. Yeah, I don't see it the same as Dan. You know, I, uh, I, um, I think they're running the same exact concepts that everyone in the National Football League runs. Are we dressing them up as exotically as maybe the Dolphins? No. Do we have, like, have, like if you want to turn on a high school offense, like, you know, the, the team I watch a ton is Chicago right now, right? I've, I've been doing a ton of Justin Fields stuff. Like, that is a simplified offense. Now, they're doing that because they want more pure progressions for a young quarterback to go out there and be effective, and the guy's balling, right? He's going and making a ton of plays. Like, Jacksonville is kind of scaling some stuff back for Trevor Lawrence. Like, in the world of scaling stuff back for NFL quarterbacks, I don't think the Broncos scratched the top ten. Um and then in the world of like running a high school offense, like it's just it's not remotely there. I do think they have, you know, some simplified concepts, but like I, I always have a hard time with like, you know, you sit there and like there's just like no detail to that, right? Like oh, it's a mm -hmm. high school offense. Well, what? Because they run Y cross. Well, everyone in the NFL runs Y cross and college and high school, right? My five year old flag team runs Y cross, so. I don't know if it's like, that's really a knock, right? You just dress it up differently or do whatever. So to me, I don't see it the way, the way Dan does. The way I see it is they just have to be more effective with, with who they're putting in certain spots, like I already said. And then I do think that's going to help speed Russ's eyes up. But I just don't see it as, you know, a schematic issue. When you turn on the tape, they're running some pretty darn good stuff and they're scheming stuff up. I mean, you can't scheme a tight end open on a wheel route like they did and that be like a super simple concept because they're obviously getting the exact coverage they want based on formation and down and distance. Well, Tim, you don't have to worry about not really agreeing with Dan Olowski and seeing things the way that uh, he sees them because a lot of people don't. And uh, I'm definitely <laughs> one of those individuals. But uh, so you play the quarterback position. So tell me this. I mean, you were talking about 
you know, I, I guess when you look at the offense and dressing things up, how important is the pre-snap alignment or pre-snap movement, better word, uh, when it comes to being an effective offense and putting the defense on their heels? Yeah, and that's the, that is the catch-22 right now at the Broncos offense because Russ comes from a stagnant system, right? There's two, to me, there's two philosophies. If, if you've ever been under center and you've played, you have one of two philosophies. One is, hey, I want to use pre-snap motion to kind of make the defense roll last minute, and I want to catch them in a certain coverage, and we're going to go ahead and attack. Or, you know, like Peyton. Peyton wanted everything stagnant because he wanted to really be able to dictate and see what's going on. You know, he wasn't a huge fan of, like, last-minute motion because all of a sudden you could get a different coverage look. I think that's where the Broncos are stuck right now. Is I think Russ is used to a stagnant system where he was able to get a really good look before the snap. And Hackett comes from something with LaFleur where everything's kind of like, hey, last minute we're going to try to get them to roll coverage or we're going to try to get them into a, you know, bad position by, you know, outflanking them with motion and then we're going to try to attack the flat and if they overcommit then we'll hit the bang post behind it. Like, that's where I think the Broncos are. To me, I think Russ just has to lean into it. He's got to say, like, listen, it's the same offense that turned Aaron Rodgers into back-to-back MVPs the second he bought in. And I've got to lean into this. I've got to stop, you know, thinking this is Seattle where we're going to play stagnant football and I'm just going to ISO DK backside one-on-one or hit lock in the slot, right? This is going to be, it's going to be a little bit more exotic pre-snap and then we're going to go ahead and try to attack some of these openings. I think that's what Russ is going to have to lean into if this is successful. And the reason I say that is because I just think it's, I actually think it's way harder for a coach who's trying to implement something to then adjust to a stagnant offense because the concepts are different. Like if, if you're attacking from, you know, the traditional two by two stagnant, you're thinking, okay, Hey, I've got my, you know, middle of field open concepts to the right. I've got the middle of field closed concepts to the left. And, and I'm going to try to diagnose everything. If you're used to trying to motion and, and implement some of these pure progressions like hack it is, it's just not like they're, they're things that I, I really think have a hard time meshing together. So to me, if I had Russ over the bye week, I'd say, listen, dude, we got to lean into these concepts, keep being you in terms of extending a play and going and making something happen. But we've got to lean into these concepts. We'll get these guys into better spots to let them go and take the roof off the defense and get open in certain ways. Um, but you've got to trust us from a progression standpoint. Tim Jenkins joining us here on Broncos Country tonight. Last one for me. The Broncos acquired Chase Edmonds today in a trade with uh, Bradley Chubb to the Miami Dolphins. So uh, we've been talking about how a pass-catching running back like Chase Edmonds, who's really good at it, um, can really add another dimension to this offense. We were talking about running some of those angle routes, running some option routes. What do you think about how the Broncos might be able to best utilize him early on and as the season moves? Well, I mean, I love it, right? I think it's great, and 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 not that he's an exact replica because he's, he's far from it, but you can see how they're going to use it. Just turn on the Green Bay tape and see how they're using Aaron Jones right now, right? And and they have nothing vertical, right? Like the Packers have no one who's getting vertical right now, and we at least have, you know, three quality receivers and a, and a couple quality tight ends. So to me, I think they can start – they can use him in a big way, and I think they've just got to kind of, you know, rip off what they're seeing from Green Bay do – um, yeah, I think the angle routes, and I think also just that check wide, right? Russ gets to his check wide a lot. Having a guy who you can flip it out to and who will go get you 15 yards, you know, that's, that's dynamite when you're a quarterback. So to me, I do think Chase Edmonds is probably going to be a good pickup. I mean, you know, uh, it's obviously unfortunate when you lose a premier pass rusher, but I do think in terms of getting a one back and you get Chase Edmonds, 
I do think it wasn't, you know, it's not that bad of a trade when you sit there and look at it from the Broncos side. So, so Tim, after this bye week, there's a lot of self-reflecting, a lot of self-scouting. Do you think even with the addition of Chase Edmonds, we could see maybe two running backs and the backfield, we like to call it 21 pony. Do you think that there's a chance that the Broncos kind of, you know, deploy that against the Titans when they come back after the bye week? I mean, I'd love to see that, and I'd love to see it maybe even more out of 20, right? And you get all of a sudden, you get Cortland, Jerry, KJ out there in addition with two dynamic backs. So to me, I, I like what you're saying, Nick. I think anytime you can get both of those guys as true tails out there on the field, I love it. And I also love it depending on what these guys think of Chase from the slot. Like Miami did a lot of stuff with Chase Edmonds from the slot where they'd line him up in the slot and they would then – either motion him back or let him work a traditional slot receiver route. I think there's a lot of stuff there. And to me, I think there's a lot of stuff there, you know, even from just like 10, right. And you use your back as that guy that you put in the slot and all of a sudden you're an empty and then you can motion him. You could do some jet sweep. You could motion him, do a little RPO with him. I think there's a lot of stuff that they could do with him. Now, will they lean into it and actually, you know, get to that level of their playbook? I don't know. I'd love to see it. And I think we've got to sit there, We've got to take an honest assessment as an offensive staff and go, listen, we have not been scoring the amount of points that we came here to score. We start getting more creative, and I think he would be a huge way you know, to get that done. All right, we have like one minute left. I, I wanted to ask you one more here. We saw them experimenting a little bit with Pistol uh, in this game against Jacksonville. Is that a little bit of a work in between? Because we know that the offense at times works a little better, especially in short yardage situations under center, but Russ really does seem like he is more comfortable. Oh, I think we lost him. I shouldn't ask one more question. Yeah, well, that was it. I pushed my luck. Yeah, you did, man. <laughs> I mean, you, you, we, we, were, we were we were having a great conversation with Tim, and then you Talking just about you twenty just, personnel. I mean, I'm you, like, you, oh, you, yes. you just had to push it, just kind of further. That that just seemed like uh, something that you would do. I was selfish. Yes. Yeah, I was definitely selfish. That's Be on selfish. Me. That's on me. But I, I really do want to talk about that. The fact that they did a little bit in – they only ran two official plays. One of them – they went to three, but one was called back on holding. But they ran three three plays at a pistol. And so I wanted to kind of check with Tim, and maybe we'll do this next week. I want to check with Tim on, on sort of why you go pistol. You had two backs in the backfield, right? He had one flanking and one behind him. I like that setup, and I like that as a little bit of a – I don't know, a little bit of an in-between. Hey, Russ, you still get to stay back a, little, a couple steps from the line so you can see things, but yet we get to have two running backs in the backfield. Because for me, defensively, there's so many things that the offense can do to dictate to you in that formation. Because you're thinking, okay, well, the quarterback is already in shotgun. Uh, the dot back is two more yards behind him, so there, there's not a possibility that they would try to run a run play out of that situation. But, but you can. There's a multitude of things that you can do. The offset running back, you can fake to him. You can run an RPO game, and you can even run, like, old-school option plays mm-hmm. off of that. You know what so, I'm talking about. Yeah, so, so when, I, when I think about what we were shown and we were teased with, it was just like, oh, yeah, they're about to do it. Oh, man. I know. So, so, so I'm thinking, okay, well, maybe they dig into college football, right? Just a little look at what – Alabama is doing with their run game and their quarterback situation. And then also look at what the University of Georgia, what they're doing. And there's nothing wrong, you know, Ryan, with looking at other teams in college and the pros and just taking a little of what they do. Why, why not with what 
Kyle Shanahan has, has done thus far with uh, Christian McCaffrey, why not use Chase Edmonds mm-hmm. in the same way? Yes. That makes sense. You're running a version of that offense. Just be a little more creative. I love it. Why did you roll your eyes at the high school stuff? I mean, I rolled my eyes at that too, but why did you roll your eyes? Because it's become somewhat commonplace for uh, individuals like Dan Orlowski, and I played with Dan, right, to start making statements of that magnitude. And my, my question, and, and, I, and I even, you know, tossed this out there to Dan, look, yo, you've played in this league. You know how it is to be a quarterback. Let's start telling these things from that perspective, not something that fit you feel that fits the narrative that you want to push out there when you're discussing certain quarterbacks or, in particular, the Broncos quarterback and Russell Wilson. Saying it's always oh, elementary. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you. When you think about it, he he thought he was just insulting, you know, Russell. But once again, for me, you're insulting Coach Hackett at the same time too. Definitely. And Russ has accomplished a lot more than Dan has. Well, and, and what I also don't like about it is, is there something to paring down the offense where you're saying, hey, these plays aren't working for us. And that's just a part of the self-scouting process of saying there are parts of the playbook that we're just not ready to run yet. And, and so some people think, well, you're dumbing it down. It's like, well, not necessarily. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. From the station bringing you every Broncos game. Touchdown, Denver! This is Broncos Country Tonight, presented by Betfred Sports. Never miss a bet with Betfred Sports on KOA. Broncos Country Tonight, Ryan Edwards, Nick Ferguson in studio for Benjamin Albright. He'll be back with us tomorrow. 303-713-8585 is our phone number. 56690 is our KOA Centura Health text line. Thank you to Tim Jenkins. Thank you to Steve Atwater for joining us earlier. If you miss any parts of our show, as always, we invite you to subscribe to the podcast. That way you never miss an episode of the show. We'd start with the iHeartRadio app. Apple, Google, Spotify, you guys know the drill. Just want to make sure you never miss an episode of the show. And on the iHeartRadio app, you can also stream us, search for KOA. You can leave us talkback messages in the microphone in the upper corner like this one. With all of these running backs that we have on one-year deals, do we stand to gain compensatory picks off of them if they are signed by other teams in the offseason? Or is that not so much something that we should be worrying about and just trying to get the most out of them this season for us yeah not for these guys not for on the one-year vested vets guys that that's not going to be the case for melvin gore and latavius murray any of these guys uh it's more about uh the players that you drafted and they sign mega contracts somewhere else that's that's really what it comes down to as far as the compensatory formula you're not going to get a compensatory pick for melvin gore and latavius murray mike boone you're not getting any anything for those guys no, you, you typically don't, but I mean, I, mean, I, I like the, the, the call, but when you look at the situation, and I can understand the idea of looking at how many running backs you have. What's the idea with these running backs? How the, are they going to be deployed? Will they make this offense much better than they've seen, we've seen, all of us, mm-hmm. uh, of thus far? And I like to think 
Yeah, because it's having complementary pieces. You don't want the same type of back. Just, just like think about this. You know, they say in relationships, opposites attract. I mean, you don't want to really marry someone just like you. It sounds great, but you, 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 you won't be able to stand yourself. Just think about this, Ryan. If, if, if you ask yourself a question like I all, often ask you and never really get the answer because you really deal with that 24-7. Well, Ben is very vain, so I think Ben might be the exception. He'd exactly want to marry somebody. No, I'm just kidding. I don't want to. <laughs> I should take shot. He's not here, so it's not fair for him to defend himself. You're right, though. Opposites attract. Uh, certainly you want somebody that challenges you. And, and in this case, you want different types of running backs is your reference there. And I, I think I think it's a value. I also do do say some uh, the fact that you do have – couple of power backs, even when you had Javante Williams here, right? Javante and Melvin Gordon, at least when you knew they were in there, you could run the same kinds of plays. The one thing that we had when it was Philip Lindsay here made it so, well, first of all, not great in pass pro. And because of the wrist injury, he ended up never really being the same as far as a pass catcher out of the backfield. So I, I can understand how the Broncos would say, at least during that time with Pat Shermer, well, when we have each running back in, there's only a certain set of plays that we're really going to run with these guys versus with Javante and Melvin. It's like, no, we can run basically the same offense with both these guys. Well, yeah, that's the one thing about Chase Edmonds. You feel as though he's not uh, as big as maybe Gordon uh, or Latavius Murray, but I still feel as though you can still stay in, in your basic offense and he would definitely be okay, right? Because usually when we talk about backs coming out of college, it's like, can you catch the ball out of the backfield, and can you block and pass pro? And Chase Edmonds, not being a big guy, I've seen him do it, but maybe not as much as maybe, you know, Latavius Murray or Melvin Gordon. But that's the great thing about being a play caller and having a couple of weeks. Now you can go back and watch some of the film with the Dolphins, but more importantly, the Arizona Cardinals with Chase Edmonds and say, okay, well, what types of plays – best utilize his skill set until he gets acclimated to the scheme. Let's run some of these familiar plays that uh, he's run before to make make him comfortable. And, and think, I mean, that's a noble concept and idea if you're a play caller. Do what your players do best. Mm -hmm. And this is why I always look at New England, and I know they're not playing the way that they played over the past couple of years, but the thing that made them so competitive is that they would always find what you call your diamonds in the rough, your your Nick Ferguson's and your Rod Smith's, there we go. and find ways to accentuate what they do, and don't put them in situations that that are not their strengths. That that's your job a, as a coach, and I'm hoping Truth. that we're going to see that with Chase Edmonds uh, here when the Broncos face the Titans. You know what I did like about Chase Edmonds in Miami, and I know that again his numbers as far as a runner aren't very impressive, only averaging 2.9 yards per carry. But as a pass catcher, 9.6 yards per catch is what he averaged. He had 10 catches for 96 yards. Uh, he's an explosive player. And another thing that I know Broncos fans are going to like, he has one lost fumble over the entirety of his career. He's fifth year in the league. He has one lost fumble over that entire time. So Latavius Murray, Chase Edmonds, because I saw Broncos fans kind of melting down about how, oh, this means Melvin Gordon's gone. No, it's, it's not that way. They're not moving on from Melvin Gordon. In fact, they're going to continue to ceremonial, ceremonially start him. People can have their opinions about that, but in the end, that's just what they're going to do. I, I am interested to see what the dynamics do look like. 
I don't think Marlon Mack factors in, at least right now, now with Chase Edmonds here. I think Chase Edmonds sort of steps into what role Marlon Mack probably would have been. But understanding what you have here is some opportunities where Melvin Gordon is a plus pass pro guy. We already know that. Uh, I think he's actually a pretty good pass catcher out of the backfield. Uh, he made me to play this last week against Jacksonville where he caught, he picked up 12 yards on a screen and he was just, he was great. His footwork, the whole thing, like he, he was making guys miss Dalton Reisner had a good block out there for him. Those are things that you get with him. Latavius Murray's more of just your downhill runner, right? He's going to fall forward. He's not going to fumble the ball. Those are important things to have as far as those guys. So, so for me, I'm looking at how you can use these guys in a dynamic way. And I think you're just going to be cycling them in depending on down and distance between depending on situations and, and depending on the types of packages. I love what Tim Jenkins said earlier too, by the way, about running 20 personnel, getting, getting your receivers out there, getting two running backs in the backfield, having opportunities where you can split those out, have those guys running option routes and Russ Russ will have some chances to maybe hit some of those guys on either checkdowns or maybe even some wheel routes, which we know this offense really likes to run. I'm glad you made that statement because I have to disagree with you on the whole Marlon Mack thing. Okay, and, and I'm hoping sure. that I'm hoping that uh, Coach Coach Hackett and Justin Allen they, they take the concept. I mean, I, I call it 21 pony. I know Tim was saying, you know, going 20 personnel. I'm all for it, and it, and. It doesn't have to be Melvin and Latavius Murray. It's Chase Edmonds and Marlon Mack. I mean, that could be fun. No, I mean, that, fun and explosive, right? But, but you usually don't have four running backs active on game day. So it's usually a three running back situation unless somebody's going to play a lot of special teams because you need that extra spot. That's why Marlon Mack, for me, is not is in the conversation now. That doesn't mean you can't make him in the conversation. That just means you're going to be taking somebody else off the field that usually would be a, a special team. Oh, okay. Well, with, with that being said, let's just say Marlon Mack is told, hey, listen, we need you to run down there on special teams. Okay, fine. Something that you may not have done uh, as of late, but you probably did early on in your career. Sure. So we trust you with that. Uh, and we look at the tight end position. You, take a, you put a guy down on a tight end uh, position as well, but now – once again, you're getting more athletic guys on the field. And when we look around the league, we look at Kansas City, everyone is trying to acquire offensive talent to make it really difficult for opposing defenses to actually match up. So if you have the potential, and I'm just throwing it out there, I don't know if it works out this way, but I would love to see this take place where you get Marlon Mack and you get Chase Edmonds on the field. It's so a that, lot of fun. Yeah, so that means those linebackers, when teams go into man coverage, you have to chase those guys. Both of those guys have been successful in this league, you know, out in space against defenders. So why not try to utilize that? I mean, I'm all for getting more speed on the field. <laughs> That's never gonna be, you're never going to hear me say, stop it. We have too much speed on the field. NFL defenses, they know exactly how to play against that. It's the exact opposite. It's, it's even like, for example, K.J. Hamler when he caught the 47-yarder. Trey Herndon didn't do a bad job. It's just, how do you stay with that? Like, as a DB, you you I'm sure you can empathize. Like, when you see a guy running full bore at you like that, and, and even though he did he flipped his hips, he was he was with him in the best he could. When you're a 4-3, four, 4-4 four, four rece- receiver, you're going to win that. You should win that against most cornerbacks. It's just well, what it is. Well, his was crazy about what you're describing is that I don't feel as though K.J. Hamler 
is back to 100%. I know, I know, right? Right, right. And, and, that, and that's the scary, scary part about it. Yeah. What happens once he gets back to 100%? Now he's going to look like the KJ Hamler that was drafted in the second round out of Penn State. But I'm going to go back to the Marlon Mack and Chase Edmonds for a second. Where was Marlon? Where did Marlon Mack come from before he came here? Well, he was with the 49ers for a beat. Okay, he was with the 49ers for a beat. Chase, Chase Edmonds was in Miami with Mike right. McDaniels, who spent time in San Francisco. Very cool. So Very when cool. I look at these moves at, at the running back position, it's familiarity. Yeah. Guys familiar with our system who can come in and play right away. And also guys who previously with other teams that are similar to ours found ways to implement them. Marlon Mack maybe not so much because he didn't get any, a lot of playing time in San Francisco, but Chase Edmonds did. It's a great point you bring up, and, and it just goes further to point the point we were talking about with Jacob Martin. Same thing with Chase Edmonds now. These aren't by accident, right? I, although I will say my initial thought when they <laughs> – I was texting with another media member earlier today. My first thought when the Chase Edmonds uh, name was on the trakes, when we first found out Bradley Chubb traded, get a first round, you're like, okay, it's going to be picks. Like, you know, swapping picks. Maybe the Broncos get a day one and a day three. They're going to swap a day three, you know, that type of thing. And all of a sudden you see Chase Edmonds' name on there. And it felt like a David Putney kind of deal from draft day <laughs> where George Payton was like, because I feel like it. I, yes. want, I want this guy on my team. But, but, the, but when you think about it, and you said it perfect, you're talking about guys that are coming from systems that are going to know the language of this team already. They're going to know exactly what role they're going to be needed to do, and they're going to fit in like a glove. And that's the point. Same thing with Jacob Martin, right? Um, you're talking about some similarities, of course, because the head coach up in the, in, with the New York Jets came from the 49ers as well. There's some similarities in all these kinds of uh, circles, if you will. So to say, okay, Jacob Martin guess what? This is what we're going to need you to do. We're still waiting on, on our two starting pass rushers to come back. In the meantime, guess what you get to do? You get to, you get to rush the passer. And we're also going to need you to be a good edge contained guy because our second round pick, that's something he's still working on. And Nick Benito, look, as much as I love the flashes of what he was able to do against Jacksonville, you're going to take on Derrick Henry. That is not one of those deals where you can have a lapse in judgment when it comes to contain because that dude is going to absolutely wreck you and wreck this team. It's you saw Malik Willis attempted 10 passes in that game in the modern NFL, a quarterback attempted 10 passes. We almost never see that the Tim Tebow days or last year with Mac Jones against Buffalo, but rarely, but they didn't need it. It was handed off to Derrick Henry and let him do his thing. But, but isn't that, doesn't that personify exactly what the Titans really stand for? Because if it wasn't Malik, then it would have been Ryan Tannehill doing mm -hmm. the same very thing. And that's why when you have a strong running game and you've established somewhat of an identity, then you know what you can lean on at the end of the day. And your opponent knows that as well. And you're going to see guys try to stack the box, but sometimes that doesn't work. And, and, and Ryan, in my time as a player, I've seen, you know, outside linebackers or defensive end, depending on what system you're playing in, and even corners. Oh, I did my job. Right, I'm supposed to have outside contain. It's like, no, no, idiot. You didn't do your job. What you did was you turned your <laughs> hips and you allowed the guard to come up field or fullback. And I got the running back, all two of those people, either guard or the fullback and the running back down my throat. Yeah. And now you've made the tackle difficult for me. You don't want to see that. I, I know you, you said, you know, last week <laughs> that you were afraid of clowns. 
right? Okay. So as DBs, that would be our version of a clown. Okay. Right? A guy that of that speed, that size, rolling downhill, no one touched him, but if you get run over, oh, it's your fault. It's your fault. Oh, yeah. it's your fault. Yeah. It's like, come on, man. <laughs> Slow him down. Do something. Get in his way. But this is what the Broncos will have to face in a couple of weeks when they face the Titans. And Nick Benito, if he's in there, he can't step around blocks. He's got to sit there, sink his hip, and have that anchor there and just force everything back inside. That's what he's going to have to do. On the KOA Central text line 56690, C.J. Anderson, Ronnie Hillman, compliments for each other. C.J. wasn't the fastest guy but caught the ball well for Peyton. I, I, exactly. And that's a little bit. Now, Ronnie Hillman... Yeah, Rod, Ronnie Hillman was 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 a decent running back. I think there were times I wanted a little bit more from him as far as the physicality. He's always trying to bounce it outside, bounce it outside, bounce it outside. But uh, again, I, I think that you have enough of running backs right now in your stable of of guys that I'm not too worried about that. And with Chase Edmonds, I'm not looking for him to run it hard between the tackles. I need that guy to be a mismatch with his with his quicks. He's a four five speed guy on a straight line, but I with he he's got those quicks out there that I, I need him to be more of just available in those option routes in the passing game. Uh, this one against Tennessee, switch to three linebackers, Jewel Singleton and Griffin, get him on the field all at the same time. I mean, there's certainly some some things you're gonna have to do. And the Broncos historically have done really well against Derrick Henry. Uh, for what it's worth, when Tennessee and the Broncos have played each other the last few years, the Broncos have, have held Derrick Henry in check. In fact, a couple of years ago, it was Ryan, it was actually Marcus Mariota here and Derrick Henry. And it was the game that Marcus Mariota ended up getting benched. And they went to Ryan Tannehill and they never looked back. So if you guys remember that, that was a, a couple of years ago when they came to town. But this is a fascinating point I want to bring up very quickly on Tennessee. Okay. Do you realize, Nick Ferguson, I mean, you probably do because you know everything, but you, you realize that Tennessee has only scored 11 more points than the Broncos this year. And their points allowed is actually just six more than the Broncos. They're five and two. They've won five straight games and they've only scored 11 more points than the Broncos. They have somehow again, been a little bit of the polar opposite of the Broncos. They find ways to win those close games. And you notice a lot. And I've watched a lot of Tennessee uh, over the course of the season I'm going to definitely do a deeper dive next week as we get ready for the game. But I've watched a lot of them. They, they get up big in the first half, and they just sort of coast in the second half. They run the ball. They play good defense. They let teams make mistakes against them. Where have I heard that before? <laughs> you run the ball. You play, play great defense. defense. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, that may be written on the wall. Probably. Right, right, right. right, right. Pittsburgh, because yeah. that's something that they forever have done since the 70s. And, yep. and, and it's not like you have to reinvent the wheel. No, these are things that you have to do. So if you're able to slow the pace of the game and also dictate the pace of the game at the same right. time with your run game, you put the opposing quarterback on the sideline. Now he's paying for a price of admission because he's watching the game. Mm -hmm. And then now – you can just continue to grind out the clock, slowly grind it out, and play keepaways, almost like in basketball. You ever play one of those, you know, uh, intramural basketball games in, in college, and you're just playing keep away, just kind of keep passing the ball? That's exactly what your run game does. So 
Uh, and t- it the forces, Titans done well. Right, and it forces opponents to do things outside of their own comfort zone when they do finally get the ball. Now, now they're trying to chuck the ball down the field. Right. Your defense can now be opportunistic, get the turnover, and give it back to your offense. That is slow and methodical. It's what Tennessee's been doing. That's how they've been winning games. We'll come back. What does this mean for George Payton to get this deal done? We'll explain that next. Broncos Country Tonight, KOA. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.